uh, the series this month is Legacy. And uh, just to kind of bring everybody up to speed with what we've been doing and where we're at, um, uh, in, in the beginning of this month, all right, in the, in the very beginning, actually the first Wednesday service of this month, uh, this church went through a, a massive transition, and uh, that is our lead pastor for the last 28 years, even saying 27. We're terrible with timelines here. Uh, uh, my dad, Van de Cody, uh, who's been, again, lead pastor here for 28 years, uh, turned over that, that role to myself uh, at the beginning of this month. And um, it's something that's been coming for a long time, right? And, and so if you're new here, like what you're seeing right now is, this is the norm. But man, for, for those of you that have been around for a long time, it's like, man, all right, where are we headed? What's going on? And uh, so it's very exciting. But, but you know, transitions are very, uh, they're very important times. Okay, once you're into a role or once you're into a state, a season of life, it, you find a norm, but it's in those transitions where we kind of get uneasy, right? I mean, think about it. Like right now, uh, newborn at the house, we're trying to find a new rhythm. You know, once you get a rhythm, you're like, all right, we're good. And so transitions are important. And, and the first week we talked about, uh, or we kind of used the illustration of a, of a relay race where one person is handing off a baton to another and how it's so important that the person that's running the race that has the baton hands it off well, but how it's just as important that the person who's receiving it receives it well. Like it takes both sides. It's not one does real well without the other and the transition goes well, it takes both. And so uh, that's really what it, when it comes to legacy, it's one of the most important things because somebody can, can do a lot of work and, and, and build a business or an organization or whatever it is, but man, they, they desire to hand that off to the next person. We talked about you know, business owners. I believe it's something like 80% of business owners would love to hand off their business that they've built from the ground up to either a family member or, or a, maybe a person that's been in, the, in, in their, uh, their business for a long time. But unfortunately, only, it only happens like 30% of the time. Right? Well, because it's difficult. It's difficult. It, it takes a lot of faithfulness and commitment. And, uh, and so, man, I'm just going to be honest. I'm blessed, and, and we all are blessed to be a part of a church that has legacy, but not just legacy for one generation, but legacy to pass on to the next. Y'all with me? Come on. Yeah. And so what we're doing is we're looking back to the past and kind of looking at the present for the future. And how many of you know that, that what you build on, if it's good material, you continue to build on it? If you're building a house and the foundation is good and you want to remodel that house, you don't tear everything down, right? And, and then jackhammer up the foundation. You just build on what's already there. Maybe it's new paint on the wall, right? It's something like that. But you don't go all the way back down and tear it down. And, and really, that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks is some of the pillars, some of the materials that has built this church and the materials that are going to continue to build this church. And what we've been doing is looking at the book of Chronicles at the story of King David, uh, David and Goliath, all right? He's king, and he's coming to the end of his reign, and he's actually going to be handing the kingdom off to his son Solomon. And the thing about King David is that his desire was really to build the temple of God. I mean, he, you know, he had done all these great things, but he said, man, if, if I could build the temple, kind of like the last thing, that would like really fulfill me. And, and, and so, you know, he prays and, you know, all the good stuff like we always do when we have a dream, you know. And, uh, and God said no to David. God said, no, you're not going to do that. You've done some things that I just, we're going to let somebody else do that. And he said, actually, your son Solomon's going to be the one that's going to build the temple. So here's the deal. David doesn't pout. He doesn't get upset right? Which I think we do with a, a big no sometimes. It takes us about four weeks to recover from that, okay? What he does 
is he says, okay, then I'm gonna do everything that I can, everything that's in my power to gather the materials, to use my influence, to gather resources, to set up my son and all of his crew, all of his generation to build the temple and complete it. And that mindset is such a generational mindset. And it's a mindset that is intricate to the growth of something past just where we're at right now. Okay, your organization, your business, whatever it is that you're involved in, for it to continue to grow, it's not just about what's going on today. It's about what you're doing today for tomorrow, okay? It's that, it's that vision, and David has that. And then what David does is he gathers together uh, all the who's who in Israel, and he gathers together uh, Solomon and, and just everybody, gathers them together, and he charges them. And out of this charge, we've pulled out some nuggets, some things that, that again, we're building on, but not just as a church, but as individuals, and if you were here the first week, you know that we talked a lot about how uh, churches are made up of individual people and our obedience and the way that we serve and worship, right, individually, collectively creates this, this body, this collection of people, of believers, the church that does something together. So all of our obediences are important, our obedient lifestyles, all of the way that we serve, every, every, all of us together make up this movement. And so it's important for us to see that. But what I wanna do is I wanna read all these verses back to back that we've used the whole month, and then we're gonna dig into what we're talking about today. And it's in 1 Chronicles 28, eight through 10. It says, be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, which we talked about obedience, right? An obedient lifestyle, so that you may continue to possess this good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. If y'all remember, we talked about whenever the Israelites took Jericho and how they thought everything was cool, but then there was somebody that had buried some gold underneath the tent, and then they went to take the next place and they... Uh, they got, they got whooped, you know. Now, side note, I did not appreciate the text messages and the Facebook messages about how somebody that's a Saints fan must have had some sort of gold hidden underneath the tent whenever that day the Saints lost in one of the most, like, heart-stopping, tearful moments of my fandom ever. I didn't think I could go the whole time without mentioning that. I wasn't here last week. I haven't, I haven't been able to bear my heart to you all. That was a horrendous day. Parents were over, we were having a good time, jumping around. We were joyful. We were happy. We were so happy. <laughs> and uh, I had some people show up to hang out that night, and, and they are kind of like some new friends, and so I didn't want to say or do anything that would cause my reputation to be damaged. So I just knelt down and quivered. <laughs> Anyway, it's all right. Minnesota got it the next week. <laughs> uh, is Drew here? No, is he, he's not here. He's not here. Good, good. He didn't want to come today. He knew. He's like, it's coming today. No. <clears throat> Verse 9, he says, and he, he turns to Solomon. He says, Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. He knows our motives, y'all. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. It's a big deal. The Lord has chosen you to build the temple as a sanctuary. Every single one of you in this room, whether you believe it or not, whether you're aware of it or not, God has chosen you. God has a plan for you. But you must co-labor with that plan. But he has a plan. He has a purpose for you 
to build the temple, to build his church, to build the kingdom of God. So then this is what we're going to dig into today. Be strong and do the work. I love simple statements like that. Be strong and do the work. Don't make excuses, but be strong and do the work. And I want to make a few statements about these t- this, this sentence today. And the first is this, God will give you the strength to do the work that he has called you to. A lot of times we try to estimate how much strength we have or how much ability we have to do something that God has called us to. But whenever we estimate our ability to do something based off our own ability, we're missing the huge component of God in the mix. We always do. If you judge yourself, if you look at your ability and then all of a sudden you have this call that comes into play and God says, I want you to do this, but yet you look at your ability or you look at who you are and you discount the call of God because of what you see, you're never gonna reach the potential that God has for you. Or if you do, it's gonna be, I did it. It was me, which is pride, which is not what God uses. But here's the point, God will give you strength to do the work that he's called you to do. Now, when it comes to strength, uh, we're all trying to find strength to overcome something or, or numb something. And in our day-to-day life, if I said, what are you trying to find strength for? Usually it would be that you're trying to overcome something or numb something, all right? Overcome it or numb it, right? And the it, again, it is whatever that you have in front of you. Everybody has a different it right now in their life. You got that thing that you're coming up against that you're really not sure how you're gonna overcome it. And so you're looking for a fix. You're looking for something that will help you in that. And really, you're either treating, or your your source of strength is what you're trying to fix it with. The thing that you turn to to try to fix the problem is is the source of strength that you're trying to use. And whenever you do that, you're trying to either fix the source or the symptom. All right, you're trying to treat the symptom or the source. Here's the deal. About three years ago, I was having some back pain, all right? Now, I was 30 at the time. I was almost 30. And all of a sudden, I started having this lower back pain. And, um, and did you know that small people can be out of shape too, right? All right. That's right. It has nothing to do with anyway. But so I was having this back pain. And look, my, my dad had a blown lower back and I was like, man, I don't want that. <laughs> you know, just to be honest, I don't want that. So I'm like, oh, so what did I do? For about three months, I just kept popping Tylenol. It'll be good. It'll be good. I'll just numb it. And after about two months, uh, I was talking to Steven and, and he's like, man, it's probably not going to go away unless you actually like fix what's happening, you know? And so I went to my other buddy, the chiropractor, Justin, all right? And, and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to need to kind of make some changes here. And, and so what I did is I stopped popping the Tylenol and I started doing something that nobody wants to do. I started exercising a little bit. Ugh. All right, I started exercising. I started stretching, because what was going on is my hamstrings and my quads and my back muscles, because I wasn't exercising enough, they were getting tense and they were beginning to pull things differently. And you know what I was doing? I was getting all weird, but I was just popping Tylenol. I feel fine. Uh, oh pop some more. I feel fine. No, I can either treat the symptoms or I can go to and and fix the actual problem. See, what I was trying to find my strength in was a pill instead of maybe some exercise. Y'all see what I'm saying? My source of strength in that moment was to numb it, not to find something to overcome it. And and the source of strength that we're all looking for reveals a lot about where our faith is at, y'all. A lot. Where's your source of strength 
at is it in something that's gonna be temporary or something long-term? You see, temporary fixes are usually the easy ones and they feel the, 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 the best, the quickest. But very rarely are quick fixes the right fix for the long-term. Very rarely. It's like get rich quick, quick schemes. They just, quick money and it's gone. All right, that's just how life operates. And so, so we have to be careful about what source we lean into. And this is one of the reasons why Paul wrote a lot about finding our strength in the Lord. In Ephesians 6.10, he says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The reason why that is significant is because the culture of the Ephesians, the, the church in Ephesus, uh, the church of Ephesus, they're here with the Ephesians. And these people leaned into magic. They leaned into the occult. They, they really trusted in these forms of power. And so whenever Jesus comes on the scene, Paul comes on the scene bringing the power of God, they're kind of struggling on which to really trust, right? And so he's like, hey guys, look, don't, don't forget to find your strength in the Lord, not in all these other counterfeits. Because there's a lot of stuff out there, y'all. Now, here's the deal. Most of us in this room, we haven't dealt with, uh, like, being tempted with magic. All right? I mean, I know some of you probably have been exposed to some of that. But, but the majority of people, especially in America, like, that's just a movie. It's not. But it's just a movie to us. It's like, it's like fake. And so we're like, oh, then whenever I read the scriptures, it's just, yeah, I, I lean in the power of God. But, but I wanted to bring to you some stuff that might actually uh, kind of reveal itself a little bit more to you. And it's all answering the question, where am I finding my strength from? Where am I finding my strength from? And I wanna bring two sources of strength that we lean into a lot. And one is humanistic or humanism. Humanistic means to try to fix our issues. And we hear that word a lot, some of you, and, and maybe you go to an extreme with what that means, but I wanted to read the definition to you because it's kind of revealing. Humanism is an outlook or system of thought attaching prime importance to human rather than divine or supernatural matters. Humanistic beliefs stress the, import, the potential value and goodness of human beings. Emphasize common human needs. And this is a big one. Seek solely rational ways of solving human problems. Like just things, it makes sense to fix it with this versus maybe something that, that God would like to do to fix it or solve it, okay? And, and for all of us, we have different things that we lean into. And some of them, can I be honest, they're not necessarily sinful. When they're out of balance, they can become idolatrous, but, but they're not necessarily sinful. For instance, like every day, and many of you right at this moment, you're leaning into to some Starbucks or maybe some coffee to help you get going in the morning. I need serious amounts of coffee every morning to get me going. Like right now, right now, I really wish that I had a, a latte in my hand, okay? <laughs> Can I be honest with you? I really don't like 9.30 services. It's too early. <laughs> it's just too early in the morning. I'm telling you, if we could do services at like eight o'clock at night, I would be all in. Look, y'all, I am a much more exciting person coming around eight, nine o'clock. Like, that's just where I start catching my rhythm. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Everybody else is like, mm. you know? But you, get, you lean into some Starbucks to get you going, right? That, I gotta have my, don't talk to me before I have my latte. You know, like, you're a hateful person. Oh, it's just I haven't had my coffee. No, you're just a mean person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It might be entertainment, right? You're stressed out. 
kind of stressed out, under the gun. And so what do you do? You don't lean into maybe some other things that we're going to get into in a second that might actually really help you. You lean into entertainment. I just got to go do something. I need some space. Like, I just need to go ahead and detach from all my responsibilities. Like, I need to, uh, maybe, maybe you're one of those people that you always need something, like a carrot in front of a donkey. You always need something to look forward to because you just hate your life. You always need something fun in front of you because reality, it just stinks. Your source of strength is some entertainment. You don't want to be still, quiet because you're scared of what you might realize. We don't like silence, do we? <laughs> See, it's uneasy, it's weird. It's like, say something, hurry, make me laugh, you know? We lean into different things. Some of us, leave in, we lean into substances, alcohol, drugs, pills. We lean into those things to numb it, not to overcome it. It's what happens, y'all. And everybody's got a different drug of choice. Some of them are illegal and some of them are prescribed. But we've all got like something that we are leaning into to try to, try to overcome something. And a lot of these things lead to very negative results because it's a bunch of symptomatic stuff, not the source. You know, one thing that's really, really trending right now uh, and it always has, it's been around for a long time, but it's, it's becoming more prevalent in our society is this thing of meditation. Now, meditation, do you guys know that pretty much everything that we do and all the, the things that we see, like God created them, but what happened is man perverted them or corrupted them, sin did. And so now it's a sin whenever really God started the whole thing, okay? <laughs> but it's been corrupted and meditation is one of those things. And, and look, more and more and more, it's gonna become a part of our culture. But, but there's two different forms of meditation. There's the good and there's the bad. And I, and I wanted to kind of bring this to you today. Eastern forms of meditation stress the need to become detached from the world, lose yourself, escape your current state of mind. It's really a method of controlling the brain to improve your psychological and emotional well-being, right? And many of you today, maybe you go and, and maybe you read up on something that you're dealing with and, and it says meditate, meditation. And so then you start doing breathing exercises. Look, you get an Apple Watch, what happens every like three hours? Breathe. You know, it's kind of freaky a little bit. It's like, okay, you know, eight seconds. <gasps> you know, it's telling me to breathe. But it's a, now some of that's obviously physiological. There's some credence to it. However, there might be something a little off about that as well. Biblical meditation involves becoming detached from the world, but attached to the living God through Christ, that we might through faith and transformed values experience the sufficiency of the Savior and reach out to a hurting world in need of the living Christ. Totally different, totally different result. Don't just meditate, but maybe like, like Philippians 4, 8, 9 says, Maybe meditate on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure and lovely and commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Guys, look, the world is gonna throw a whole lot of great sounding scientifically backed things for you to grab onto as a source of strength. But can I encourage you today 
to not make that the primary source of strength. Because anything outside of what the Bible says is your source of strength is temporary. Not all of it's bad, not all of it's sinful, but anything can become idolatrous. Anything can come before God and even what you lean into for strength. Some of the biblical fixes for our problems, sources of strength, may be like seeking God through prayer and worship, right? I wanna pop a pill to get the pain in my lower back out, right? That's a quick fix. And maybe we have some sort of, not literal pill, but some sort of supplement that we're trying to ease the pain in our life with versus going to prayer. Can I be honest, just this past week, I got a phone call and I got some really, really bad news. And the bad news caused me to, I'll say it in a church way, become very fleshly. <laughs> I was mad. I was mad, angry. I got off the phone and I didn't feel like doing anything. I didn't feel like calling somebody. I didn't feel like eating. I didn't feel like watching TV. I didn't feel like praying. I literally laid on the couch and stared at the wall because I had no words. I was, I was just And then I started praying, but I, you wouldn't really think it was praying. It was more like, God, I don't feel like talking to you. I don't feel like saying anything because why this? Out of all the scenarios, this one. And then I just got quiet because I was mad. But that was prayer. I didn't stay in that place of prayer, but I was, I was upset. Come on, y'all, y'all, y'all there sometimes. It's just, you're just like, why, man? So I'm biting my lip and so I prayed. I started really praying, softened up. Ended up texting a friend of mine and just saying, hey man, I need you to pray for me because right now I'm really not in a good place. And he responded back. Come on, how many of y'all know those guys that text you back at 1030 at night? That's, good, that's a good friend, right? And, uh, and you know what, woke up the next day Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning, right? Sometimes you're dealing with something, just go to bed, sleep it off. Pray and sleep. Just stop trying to fix it at two in the morning. It ain't gonna do nothing. Go to bed, wake up. Go stand in the sunlight, all right, and pray. But prayer and worship, maybe seeking God in those moments would be a better idea than maybe going to the bar or the club and trying to numb it. Number two, fellowship with believers. Spending time with like-minded people and like-minded, like-faithed people, I'm telling you, it will in, it increase your faith and encourage you through those moments. Small groups is not something we do for fun, y'all. Small groups is an artery of this church. We've got tables all along the back of this wall after service. Every single one of you need to take a moment and go sign up for one of those groups. And if you can't find one of the groups that you like, feel like you might connect with, the one group that you need to do, matter of fact, if you haven't been in a group, this is one you need to go through. Freedom groups. They meet here at 5.30 on Sunday nights for eight weeks. It's eight weeks, all right? Be here for a couple of hours, meet some people, all sit in a big group together and maybe break out. But the, the, the subjects that we go through are vital to your relationship with God. And some of you are trying to make life work, but you're broke. You're broke. You've got Jesus, but you're still broke. You need healing. Small groups, Maybe being still, like we talked about a while ago, being still and meditating upon godly things, upon God's word, reading scriptures and just reciting them. Another thing would be living a life of purity. Biblical fixes for some issues. Some of you are trying to like fix things biblically, but yet your lifestyle is so impure. 
There's something about living holy. There's something about living in purity that brings clarity to the voice of God in your life. Some of you today need to repent and change and let the silt and the sin that's in your life settle down to where you can actually see clearly and hear from the voice of God. For our church, I wanna say something when it comes to strength. The strength of our legacy isn't found in a style or in a strategy, but it's found in the power of God, all right? It's always gonna be a staple of this church because you can do really cool things, but not do it for the right reasons or in the right heart, and God's power is not involved in it. You can, it's a glorified social club. We don't run a social club. It's not what we're doing. We lean into the power of God. We trust in the power of God to, to strengthen us. But here's the deal. We're all strengthened for a purpose. You individually, God strengthens you for a purpose. And he strengthens this church for a purpose. And it's because every believer is called to do the work. Every believer is called to do the work. Now there's, there's a work and then there's the work. Okay, there, there's... Our work would be just good things that we work on, all right? Good things in life that, that are a work, and it's not bad, but it's just a work versus the work, like the main thing, the main thing. And, and that's, what, that's what Paul is stressing even here in the uh, Ephesians 4.16. He says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Our life is in a constant tension between what matters and what doesn't. The shoulds and the musts. We're always in tension about it. And in America, we have so many options, right? We have so many options, it, it almost makes it worse. Here's the deal. If every day you had to get up and go find some food to eat, okay? And like, I mean, the bare necessities of life, you had no option to go see a movie. You have no option to go and do something. It's like, no, today's Monday and we gotta eat. So I gotta go to the field or I gotta go over here. I gotta go to the market every day. See, in other parts of the, country, of the, of the world, that's how people live. Here, it's like, do I want Chick-fil-A or Raisin Canes? <laughs> <sighs> do they waiter? You know <laughs> It's like, <laughs> you know? Oh, Raisin Cane's isn't on waiters, so I'm going with Chick-fil-A. Why aren't they on a Raisin Cane? I don't know. You know, that's where we live, but we have options. It's not like I need food. It's like digging in the ground. A potato, yes! <laughs> I thought that was funnier than... Anyway, so <laughs> we get caught up in works, in a work all the time, but a work focuses on good things, but not always God things, and they can be very distracting and they can cause confusion where the work focuses on God things and ultimately it focuses on the Great Commission. Guys, look, <laughs> if you're a believer in here and if you're a Christian, you don't, have a, you don't have the luxury of not being aware of the Great Commission and how you're accomplishing it in your life. Like it's part of the deal. Like Jesus said, now that I've saved you, I want you to go and make disciples. Not, hey, I've saved you so you can sit there and collect dust. That's what the enemy would like us to do. 
The enemy would love nothing more than for all of us in this place to be happy jacks sitting on a chair in a church, not doing anything. Why? Because we wouldn't be fruitless. We wouldn't be effective and therefore we can't move the kingdom of God forward. It's very simple. The enemy is, very, is really okay with you sitting in here. It's really a, it's a great situation. Look at him. I'm gonna talk like Satan for a second. Is that okay? <laughs> I've never done, I've never talked like Satan before. Yeah, I don't know. What does he talk like? I don't know. Maybe he just talks normal because we tend to listen to him a lot. So uh, <laughs> it would be nice if Satan came in like Gollum, you know. Uh, uh, there's Satan. There he is. Most of the time he comes in. For some people, it's like an angel. I think we can read about that, right? Lucifer. Anyway, it's very deceptive. And it, he's like, look at him. They're all just chilling out. Oh, they're going to heaven. It's awesome. But they ain't bringing anybody with them. It's good. Look at them sitting in church, but their whole, their whole family's going to hell. It's great. It's great. And they're okay with that. Like they're not, they're not urgent about the fact that their brother doesn't know Jesus. They're not urgent about it. This is perfect. That's how it works, y'all. See, the work is, is the thing that drives us. And when you follow Jesus, everything in your life gravitates to the work. You cannot, as a Christian, you cannot not serve people. When you follow Jesus and you see how he served people and you begin to emulate that and you begin to get his spirit inside of you and you begin to operate in it, you realize how, how there's no purpose in life without that. And you realize how much fulfillment it is and, and how, that it actually is greater to give than to receive. We've got to make sure that we're working on the work, not a work. As a church, we have got to continue to be busy about the work and not a work. What we do is to help people meet Jesus. And this commission is greater than our convenience. Guys, look. It's impossible to move the kingdom of God forward without working. It's impossible. And we've got to have a church that's committed to that. We've got to have a church that is committed to pay the price for a long time. The thing is, is that it's actually a joy. <laughs> it's actually a joy to move the kingdom of God forward. It's actually something that fulfills us, should fulfill us if we're doing it with the proper motives. But whenever the, the shoulds become, you know, like, like I'm excited to, remember we talked about this, whenever the, the, the I have to, it should be I get to, but I have to, there's a heart condition that needs to be checked. So the simple question is this, am I busy about a work or the work? Guys, look, don't let your families, don't let your finances, don't let all these things distract you from continuing to move the kingdom of God forward in the special work that God has for you to do. Third statement is this though, with all this work and with all this strength, we have to pace ourselves in order to effectively do the work. Pace is so important. In our personal lives, look, the pace at which you're running should be a pace that is sustainable. How many hours a week are you working? How much time do you actually get to spend with your family? What, like, what is the what is the margin in your life? Because nobody can run at 95% long-term. It's impossible. And actually God hasn't designed you to do that. 
Some of you work 80, 90 hours a week and like that's your norm. Where are you running so fast? <laughs> like, like, like some of you, you're missing out on life. Some of you are working so hard, you're, you're not even able to see the people around you that need Jesus because you're just, we should hustle and we should work, but we should have a good pace. We should pace ourselves well. How many of you have ever ran in a marathon or some sort of race that had a pace setter in there, right? Seven of you. That's exactly, that's right. That's, yeah, that's right. Everybody's like, I don't run unless somebody's chasing me. And even then, I judge them and I say, they're faster than me, so what's the point? You know, I mean, <laughs> you got me. You, oh, well. Here's my wallet. Whenever you run in a race, like a marathon, they have these pace setters. They have people that run with like a sign or something and they're setting a pace. And if you wanna run that pace, you get behind them and you get up in that group and then you run that pace, all right? So if you wanna run the seven minute mile, you get in that pace or the 30 minute 5K or for some of you, walk the one and a half hour 5K. It's all good, no judgment zone, all right? But you get in that pace and you run with that, that person, with that group of people. And it's so important who we're following and who we're allowing to set the pace in our lives. Who we're allowing to set the pace in our relationships. Who we're allowing to set the pace in our financial goals. Who's setting your pace? Because the world has a pace that you can run at. And just like the strength, that pace is gonna wear you slap out you will have nothing left. You see guys, we cannot forget that the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. So the rhythms that the enemy has created, the patterns, the pace, all of this, all of them are built to destroy us emotionally, physically, relationally, in every area of our life. Like he wants no stone left unturned. And some of you are running a pace that's unsustainable. And it's time to make a change because we got to do this work for a long time. What we're involved in is till death. Like there's no like, I'm checking out. There's no retiring in the kingdom of God, okay? Like you don't, oh, well, I'm done doing the great commission. No, this is it. Like this is what we do. But then there's a pace that's set by Jesus and it's a lot better option, okay? It's a lot better option and Jesus was encountering this whenever he was here on the earth and, and in his ministry. And in regards to religion, the Pharisees, the religious leaders had set a lot of rules out of a good heart probably at some point. And they set a lot of rules and regulations and, it, and Jesus, they really call it like a yoke, like being yoked to a, a teacher. I don't really have time to go into all the backstory of all of that, but basically being yoked to a teacher and all of their rules and regulations and all that kind of stuff. And so Jesus comes in and he's changing the game, y'all. He was changing everything up and people were mad at him because it didn't correlate with all of their rules. Kind of sounds familiar. Some Christians set paces for people that are impossible for new believers to attain and then they beat them down with the word of God instead of realizing that God is redeeming them and restoring them and sanctifying them and doing something great in them, but they're crushing it. Jesus said this, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. First off, that sounds great. Right off the bat, can you imagine they're listening to all these Pharisees and they're getting beat over the head with all these rules and all of a sudden this rabbi walks up and says, hey guys, hey, if you're tired, come to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna give you some rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That doesn't mean the work that we're called to is necessarily easy, but it means this. If we're running the pace that Jesus is setting, it's easier, I'm telling you. Some of you are trying to run a pace right now that is unsustainable for your life because it's the world's pace and it's not Jesus's pace. I'm talking for those of you that don't know Jesus, like you don't have a relationship with him. Like if I asked you, hey, are you saved? Have you been born again? Have you, have you given God your life? If I said any of that, you'd be like, no. For you, you're running outside of the plan that God has for you. You're running outside of his pattern and that pace is gonna wear you out. Yeah, you might have some successes. Eventually though, it's the way this thing operates. Sin destroys and I'm here today to encourage all of you to choose Jesus, to follow Jesus. If you're in this place and you're far from him, even if you call yourself a Christian, today I wanna offer something to you better because I, I believe that some of you, you call yourself a Christian, but you're kind of operating in that pace with the religious leaders and you're depleted in your spirit. You're not, you're not trusting in God. When I say source of strength, your source of strength in your relationship with God is how good you are all the time. And that's your measure. And if you mess up, then what you do is you say, God doesn't love me anymore. Did y'all know that that's not the Bible? That's not what, that's, that's not the God that, that we serve and the God that we read in the Bible. That, that's not what he is like. He's loving, he's gracious, he's compassionate. Yes, he has a standard but he's not waiting to kill and destroy you. He's the opposite. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. That's what the Bible says. So all that stuff that we talked about with the enemy, Jesus came, he redefined it. And today he's offering, he's offering it to you right now. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me real quick. If you're in this place and you've been running a pace that's unsustainable and it's left you broken and empty and dissatisfied with life, when you think about eternity, there's fear in your heart because you, you're just not sure. Today's the day for something different. So if you're in this place and you know that you're far from God, I just wanna pray with you. I'm not gonna embarrass you or do anything, but if you're in this place and you know that you're far from God, you don't have a relationship with him, I just want all over the room, just go ahead and lift up your hands. I just wanna see who you are, where you at? Come on, I see y'all, yep, 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 yes. Yep, over here to the right, I see. see you back here in the back yeah because this is what's going to happen by you admitting it God can now do something with that the Bible says a broken and contrite heart God doesn't deny and right here right now God's not going to deny you he says come to me as you are I want to heal you I want to restore you let's pray together you don't have to repeat after me but I do want you to connect to your God and pray to him. He's listening. Father, I come before you right now, humble, 
God, I am humble, I am broken. I know that I am in need of you. And right now I cast my cares, my successes, my failures, my sin, I cast it all at your feet. And God, right now, I pray that you, you restore me, that you save me. Jesus, I know that you came and died on a cross to pay the price for my sin. And right now I receive that gift of salvation that you give to me freely. Thank you for your righteousness, God. Thank you for what you've done in my heart and what you're gonna do in my life moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, as we're closing up today, before we close the message portion, I, I want to speak to all of us right now as a church as we close out legacy. There's three things that we must do. Three things that we must, we must do as a church in order to continue to have a legacy and to pass on to the next generation. It's this, number one, we must focus. I'm gonna ask all of you in this room to begin to ask the question, what am I working on? And if you start asking that question and you're working on 10, 15 different things, I want you to begin to ask God, what is the work that you have for me to do? And focus in on that. I think a lot of us live our lives like a shotgun. We're just, but there's no focus in it. Let me tell you something, guys. All of you, you have a special work. You have a special purpose that God has called you to. Begin to ask God what that is. And in the context of this church, we're going to remain a focused church. We're not going to do 75 programs and have a bunch of things going on. We're going to do a few things very well. And we're going to remain focused because we have to stay focused. The second thing is that we must fight. I want to encourage all of you in your personal life and as a church to engage in warfare. Look, y'all, we're in a fight. Your family, you're in a fight for your family, for your relationships, for your future. And as a church, we're in a fight. We must seek God. We must search for God's voice, for his power, because we have to fight. What is the date this one's tonight? It is this one, all right. Still coming back to reality. I was like, it's this Wednesday night, right? The 31st. I lost a whole week of my life. At seven o'clock, we're gonna be in this room and we're gonna be worshiping and praying. We're gonna be warfaring, okay? For our individual lives and for this church and for this city, for our nation. Y'all know we need it, right? We're gonna be praying and seeking God. Every single one of you really should be here. Every single one of you. This is a church. We are the, we're the called out ones and we war together. We focus and we fight together. And the last thing is that we must finish together. We must finish y'all. Look guys, don't grow weary in doing good. The Bible says that. Don't, don't get tired of doing the same thing whenever that same thing is righteous, whenever that same thing is holy. Don't get tired of it. We're in the age of consumerism where I'll do something for two years and then I'm done with it. It's not what the kingdom of God operates like. Let's continue to press in because we must finish. Y'all with me? Thanks so much for watching Northwood Church. Wherever you're watching from, we want you to know that we consider you family. We as a church want to help people know God. And our hope is that today you are encouraged and closer to God through this program. 
If you just prayed that prayer, first let me say congratulations. Starting your relationship with God is the best decision you can make, but it's also just a start, and we want to help you on your journey of faith. If you're watching and you want to become a partner in what God is doing in South Mississippi through Northwood Church, you can give simply by texting the amount you want to give to the number 228-215-3421. Again, that number is 228-215-3421. By giving, you're helping local food pantries, women's resource centers, missions, outreaches, and so much more. Even just $5 can go a long way. Again, text the amount to 228-215-3421. Northwood is one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and Long Beach, Mississippi, and we'd love to see you there. You can check out our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. Be sure to connect with us at northwood.tv or on social media to stay up to date with all the exciting things happening around Northwood Church. Thank you for watching, and we hope to see you soon.